parts. Watermelon is kind of like a dinosaur without any of the good parts. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, a, I'm not sure that tracks. Just a smooth green orb. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Hi, Caleb. How was your little summer vacation? It was amazing. How was yours? Oh, it was, a, you know what? It was such a good time. I sat around in a cabin. I played Great British Bake Off. I played. You played the, it? played the video played game. The, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I played the hot new video game, Great British Bake Off. It's, Is uh, that for PC or for Steam? It's for Steam. It's got a really, really good proving drawer. Uh, it's basically like Cooking Mama, except instead of your mom. Well, they say Cooking Mum. Cooking yeah. Mama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Kind of like, it's kind of like the Cooking Mum, which people in America know as Cooking Mama. Right. Except that you're, instead of a mom, it's Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood. Ooh. And they are quietly sassing your bad bakes but they're very supportive too right there's a lot of hugging in the video game is that right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but there was also a lot of hugging and cooking mama yeah so it's pretty much cooking mama. pretty much cooking yeah but i yeah. like it anyway it's really really great in the you know the settings on the blues and whites it's very very pretty the great british mum off mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh today i, I want to tell you I want to tell you like a little fairy tale Ooh, a i little, love a fairy tale yeah a little summer fairy tale so there were Five. Hang on, hang on. Give me. I need. I need my. I need my special pillow and my bear before I can hear the story. Okay. Get, get your. Get your. Here pillow. I go. I got. Get your bear. There actually weren't five. There were four. Uh, there were four little. <laughs> oh wow, the story was so good. I fell right asleep. No, you need to wake up and listen, <laughs> okay, 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 little boy. Okay, I'm. T- will you tuck me in? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not tuck you in. I'm okay. taking your blanket away. I can tuck myself in. No, I'm you a, fell asleep. I'm taking I'm your a pillow away. Too. There were four little friends. There were four friends on yes. the beach. Okay. And they all. Ooh, just like me. I went on vacation. I went to the beach. The mm-hmm. story's about me. <laughs> <laughs> they And they all are big fans of the same little blue guy. Mm-hmm. And so their mom comes. Yeah. The mom of one of the four friends yeah. comes and she asks them. What's your favorite thing? And let's do a little interactive thing. Okay, yeah. Where yeah, yeah. you'll just be them. Okay and, okay. and I'll prompt you and you'll just say Sonic every oh, okay, time. Their favorite it. thing is Sonic. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she says, What's your favorite thing? And one says, Sonic. And two says, Sonic. And three says, Sonic. Four says, <laughs> <laughs> Your two show, everybody. Your two show, uh, a, a Sonic the Hedgehog culture podcast sponsored by NPR. <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that Wouldn't that be a dream? Like, what? Okay, what's the NPR version of that show? Hello, I'm Hello Steve Sock. and I'm Natalie Bentel, and we. Well, are I feel like NPR. The, I, feel, I feel like we need we need more W-N- idiosyncratic voices. W N Y C. Yeah. <laughs> New York City. Hello and welcome. Steve, what was your experience with Sonic the Hedgehog this week? Well. <laughs> Steve, bring your voice down a little bit. Well. <laughs> my, my experience with Sonic the Hedgehog this week is that I watched an episode of the television program Sonic 
Sat AM, episode two, entitled, He had watched an episode of Sonic the Hedgehog, but he couldn't remember what it was called. Now, see, that just sounds like Great British Bake Off. <laughs> Oops, I, bra- I, bra- I baked off again. What was the title of this episode? It was... Uh, Sa- so- I think it was Sonic and Sally. Sonic and Sally, yeah, yeah. that is. When Sonic met Sally was an obvious low-hanging fruit there. Yeah, but they did not quite make but it all the way they to did- that one. Yeah, but also, they, I guess they didn't meet. I guess, also, the alternate title of this is Terminator 2, Judgment Acorn. <laughs> because this episode was almost exactly the plot of the film T2. Terminator <laughs> Acorn Sis. Yeah, <laughs> We've seen a lot of those ads on Twitter. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go to the recap. Let's go to the recap. Blue streak speeds by Sonic the Hedgehog. During an operation into robotic territory, Sally gets captured. Mm. Otherwise, the operation is close to successful, but when Robotnik gets a hold of Sally, he immediately makes a robot clone of her. It's exact, down to her personality, which he rips directly from her brain in a terrifying sequence where she has, like, a halo of light wrapped around her face. Sonic the Hedgehog saves her. (laughs) But it isn't her. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog saves the robot version of Sally. Sally remains captured, and she is in the process of being roboticized. But the first time they try to roboticize her, something goes wrong, and the whole place kind of malfunctions. Yes, the system overheats, the glass explodes as it always does, Cartoon villains go through a lot of screens. They really do. I was thinking of that. <laughs> Especially Dr. Robotnik. Just yeah. screens every single day, another screen gets busted. They're just busting because there's too much power inside, or they get punched by in, during a, a combat scene. Or they get like, lasered. They get lasered. They get, uh... It's pretty realistic, though. I feel like, especially, like, with the technology we already have, yeah. there's so many errors and breakages, and, you know, my iPhone screen, it's like you can just, it's like you just <laughs> breathe on that thing and it breaks. <laughs> but imagine a world where the where everything is technology, and, like, ugh, you know how I feel about technology. While Robotnik is fixing his tower, yes. we see the robot Sally go back to Knothole, the usual spot, with the crew. Yeah. Tails is the only person to notice that Sally's not Sally because there's a series of inside jokes and games yeah. that he and Sally have together that she does not remember. She didn't do the funny kiss. Apparently her personality came through, but not her exact memories. Yes. So she is limited to only what Robotnik already knew about the crew. Mm-hmm. She reads him a story and doesn't doesn't do the witch voice correctly. That's right. She doesn't give him the funny kiss, yeah. which is a kiss on the nose. Uh-huh. Instead, she just gives him a regular kiss, which is on the face. Which is very upsetting for Tails. But not the nose. Yeah, and his little cute kid voice got so sad about it. He's adorable. The best. But Sonic doesn't believe Tails because Tails is kind of a kid and because it looks just like Sally, like, obviously. Yeah. And then they decide to do another operation, which will take Sally with them into to like destroy another tower. I guess they're, they're never... going to finish the job. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. They haven't been totally clear about mm-hmm. what their actual jobs are, but yeah. it seems like just causing explosions. Yes. So they go back to cause some more explosions. When they break in, Sally starts malfunctioning or does something suspicious, and then she doesn't know the handshake. And Sonic's like, oh, "You're not Sally." That's what it is. And then she punches him in the mouth so hard. We have omitted to talk about the walrus. And uh, yeah, yeah, his detail. Work. Yeah, we'll get. Um, but yeah, Sally reveals that she's not Sally because she doesn't know the secret handshake that Sonic and Sally did at the beginning right, of the exactly episode. Exactly like in T2 Judgment Day when the kid tries to do the handshake with the metal cop mm-hmm. and then he turns his hand into a knife and cuts the child's hand off. Instead, it's and like he's supposed, tr- to and fist, he's supposed to do a fist, but he does a knife. He's supposed to do a fist, but he does a knife. And the child's like, hey, you're not my dad. <laughs> 
Terminator's plot's really complicated. It's a complicated movie, but a real blockbuster. So James Cameron's best work. Sally beats Sonic up. Robot Sally beats Sonic up. Yeah. But with help from the other. Oh, Bunny Rabot. Yeah. Fl- like fly kicks in and just just murders the Sally robot with one robot <laughs> just kick. Completely just knocks completely her out. Completely knocks her all the way over, and then they're able to like get information from the Sally robot. Yeah, they hack into the Sally robot uh-huh. and make her work for them, which is yep. very stressful for me. Mm. And it really should have been more emotionally complicated for Sonic, who like had just made out with the Sally robot like yeah. five minutes before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, he. I, I think once. I wonder how often this sort of thing has happened, though. Maybe this is something they've become calloused to. Like, you see someone who looks exactly like your best friend, your confidant, your lover, but you f- and you feel their kiss. Your friend and, it- and your confidant. And then it has... And, golden uh, Girls. Terminator Golden Girls. Term- <laughs> Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being my own mom. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But you thank you, you for saving the world. <laughs> and then Sonic drags the incapacitated Sally bot into the room, pulls a pipe apart, gas is flying everywhere, replaces s- the fake Sally with the real them Sally under the tube. They can't get sa- real Sally into the roboticizer tube. Still, it's really lucky yeah. that in order to be a true villain, you also have to be fundamentally incompetent. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's super lucky for really lucky all for of us. Because I, for a second, thought she was going to get roboticized, yeah. and then we were going to see them have to fix it. Right, and then it, that they, like, maybe made the switch, but then it turned out she'd already been roboticized or something, but that's a little complicated for episode two, maybe. Yeah. Which, this was already complicated for episode two. It is complicated. So I'm the, like, the resolution yeah. is they save Sally, they put the robot back in the roboticizer. Yep. Roboticizing the robot causes it to kind of glitch out. Yeah, and, and she gets just, all frazzled. And, and so she starts just, like, shooting everything thing in Robotnik's yeah. house they it tears it down and that's that that's not that because they get paraded across a bridge a Woody Woodpecker is there and then gone uh-huh. um Bunny Robot says there are some nice things about having a metal body and then everybody does the funny kiss <laughs> <laughs> everybody does the funny kiss <laughs> so uh, let's talk about our new characters I want to do the kiss but not like this everybody do the funny kiss hey <laughs> Because, like, we got introduced to Antoine last episode, and he was only in one shot of this one. Right, just but, totally out of the picture. But we got two totally new characters. Bunny Rabbot. Bunny Rabbot and... And a walrus. A walrus whose name I probably should have looked up before we started recording a podcast. But it, but it was not introduced within the fiction of the world. So to us, he's just the walrus. Yeah, who knows? He's, and he he's, look- he's a walrus dressed as, like, a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he belongs in a different cartoon. He, he does. And you know what he reminds me of yeah. is Baloo in Tailspin. <gasps> he okay. has the same kind of outfit, the, like, sort of backwards hat kind of... Yeah. I think Baloo wears a backwards hat. And that. Maybe he just wears a flight cap. Okay. The the impression I get, the, like, it's the very, ambient it's impression... It's like a very Baloo kind of thing. I'm just telling you about my stream of consciousness. You like it. He's the... You're saying he reminds you of the Baloo guy. <laughs> Uh, so, but uh, and Bunny uh, Rabbot is my new favorite character. Bunny Rabbot rules in this episode. She's half rabbit, half robot, all Southern Belle. Yeah. And I just would like to say that it's great to finally see myself represented in television. You looked amazing in this show. <laughs> yeah. To see you up on the silver screen was truly fantastic. It was really, really incredible. Yeah. I love Bunny Rabbot. She calls Sonic Sugar Hog. Unacceptable, but 
but really acceptable. But very acceptable. And from, na- <laughs> from now on, I'm instituting a rule that from now on we have to only refer to Sonic as Sugar Hog. The Sugar Hog. Welcome was to Your ver- Two Show, a Sugar Hog fan cast. <laughs> Welcome to this special commemorative episode of Your Two Show, wherein we watch Sonic the Sugar Hog, Saturday AM. Adventures of Sugar Hog. <laughs> Adventures of Sugar Hog. <laughs> um, Sugar Hog Underground. Uh, beep, 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 beep. This just in. Sugar Hog Boom. <laughs> <laughs> We received a correction uh, from a very nice uh, person on Twitter uh, reminding us that this show that we watched is from 1993, not yep. from 1996. Yep. So both sorry the, about that. Both this show and Adventures were the ones that were airing simultaneously. We would like to apologize for that previous error. Very, very sorry. There are a lot of things we're wrong about and a lot of things we will be wrong about. But, uh, you know, thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> the one thing we're not wrong about, Bunny Rap. Bot. Bunny Rabbot. I have that, been... Is it clear that we're saying bot? It's, it rules. Rabbot. 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 in this show, there are a lot of substitutions of the word bot with the word but. Mm-hmm. But so also is her, swat? So. But also... Yeah, that's true. Is it possible that her given name is Bunny Rabbot? No. No. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> I checked and actually, no, absolutely not. She's cool. She has kind of like a, like a rouge type... Uh, like corset or whatever the heck that they wear. Mm-hmm. She's got a Tommy, Tommy, She's a Tommy Pickles Tommy voice. Pickles no, no, no. It's it's, Ch- it's the actor. Uh, oh, it's Chucky, Chucky who played mm-hmm. Chucky Finster from Rugrats, which is great. Mm-hmm. Doing an on again, off again, Southern-ish accent. Chucky Finster, known best for his role in Rugrats and his role in Bride of Chucky. Yes, exactly. Um, but she's got one robot arm. She's got like a robot leg. I'm very curious about. I think both the, of her legs are robot. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. But I'm, I'm super curious about being half robot in this world, and like, what does that entail? Her what? arm pops off at one point. Yeah, and it seems kind of like they are the equivalent of prosthetics for her, rather yes. than being roboticized. Exactly. Like it was maybe something that happened out of necessity. And right. she says at the end of the episode, we're given a, kind of an interesting look into her mind that I didn't expect. Uh huh. Where she goes, like, I might have robot parts, but the thing that separates me from them is that I still have my original brain and heart. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. Whoa. It's, it's yeah. pretty cool. And she she's a character who, having just seen... I've never seen anything that she's in. Yeah. But whenever I've seen pictures of her or heard the name Bunny Rabbot, I've been pretty mad (laughs) like as just a person going about my business and not knowing anything about sonic prior to this year that we you know in Mm -hmm. our our grand project um i really thought bunny rabbot was a bad name for a character oh i was but i was wrong i was wrong (laughs) i couldn't have been more wrong this character rules and bunny rabbot is amazing um oh i want to talk about the captions in the version we were watching yeah so the captions on this were making a point of getting her southern accent across, but an interesting thing about them is that they were not the things that she was doing with her southern accent. Yeah, we watched, uh, this time we watched it through iTunes, we we bought the season on iTunes, Yeah, and the cap- captions were a little different from the one we watched before, which I think was on Stars. Yeah. But she, yeah, she's got, like, every time she says the word sugar, the caption spells it S-U-G-A-H, sugar. Yeah, right. But, but that's not what she says at all. Say, she half the time almost says sugar, but most of the time she says she says sugar. But she's mm-hmm. saying other things in a southern accent that would be harder to like to capture. Right, clearly. exactly. Yeah. And so I just thought that was an interesting touch. And the and same it, thing happened with tails when it's it's spelled didn't without the second d. So didn't she didn't she didn't do the funny kiss. Trying to make it clear, he's like talking like a baby. Yeah, and it was a little bit disorienting, but then. 
pretty good. Tails is such a kid in this episode. Tails is very much a child. He, like, wants Sally to give him a kiss on the nose, and he's like, oh, thank you, like, almost like his mom. Yeah. And then then she has to read him a bedtime story. Uh And, like... And Sonic talks to him like a kid because he's like, oh, you must have had a monster dream. We'll talk about it later. Sonic even pulls the, like, cool dad move of, like, putting his hands on Tails' shoulders and, like, kneeling down on the ground, like, what's up, bud? Hey, what's going on, Pat? Yeah, exactly. A lot more of a, like, parental relationship between Tails and and these people. Yeah, and there's the moment of Sonic being like, what's up, bud? But you better hurry because I have to go blow up a factory. Yeah, I go, oh, daddy's got to go to work soon. Don't... (laughs) Daddy's got to go liberate the world. (laughs) God, um, it's good though. Like Tails is very, very cute, and I like the that dynamic a little bit for them. I like the big brother, little brother thing. There are certain ones like Sonic Boom kind of makes them more peers almost. Yeah, like just a little bit of an age gap, and I don't think it's a lot differentiated is, enough. A lot of that is because Tails is like actually capable in those and like has a skill set right and this we haven't even seen tails have any kind of skills except that he's cute we haven't even seen him fly in fact he like falls off of something and like nearly falls and just doesn't try to fly at all Mm -hmm. Um, we've just seen him hang out at the camp he hasn't been on any of the missions we've just seen him just a little bit i'm all this stuff is running together in my head like all the different sonic versions are starting to blur in a way that is probably eventually going to be psychedelic but (laughs) like i you know i'm remembering the uh adventures of sonic the hedgehog the the looney tunes one that we watched and seeing it's like the same sonic and tails voices Mm -hmm. i think between these two cartoons but their relationship is different and their characterization is different enough that I, I'm i having to remember, Tails isn't even in this show until this episode. This is episode two, and he did not appear in the first one. I oh, think. he didn't? No. I think you're right. It was just Sonic, Sally, Antoine, Cat, Robotnik, Snively, etc. But, like, Tails is nowhere to be found, and then suddenly he's just here at home at Knothole. And they don't even mention Cat in this episode. Where's Cat? Who they failed to save. No, no Cat, no Antoine. Like, this is... Yeah, we saw Antoine very briefly. Yeah. Like, in their, like, celebratory parade pile. Yeah, he's a bystander, and almost it seems like, I think he's maybe been, like, on probation. Yeah, maybe so. Like, after the last one, things didn't go so great for Antoine. And it is also... You better sit this one out, pal. (laughs) It's also weird to have a plot featuring one of your main characters getting impersonated before you've spent time with that character. Right, before we've characterized it. And I think this, as we said with the first episode, there's an assumption of context here. Yeah. Like, this show does not feel like it needs to really strongly contextualize these characters. I think probably because they were at a height of their popularity and appearing in the comics and so forth. Yeah. Everybody knows who Sally Acorn is. (laughs) <laughs> if anybody's anybody knows Sally Acorn, uh, you know that's not she doesn't act like that. Whereas me growing up, I had never heard of Sally Acorn until like I actually started looking into Sonic in a wider yeah, like from a wider lens. Yeah, maybe they assume you know, but maybe that's not a safe assumption. Yeah, <laughs> but there's enough of a characterization of her, and both this and Underground come out of the gate pretty fast with the roboticizing. Like, oh yeah, that's established as the stakes very early on. In both of those series. Speaking of which, I have a theory. Okay. So I think the reason the roboticizer didn't work has something to do with her dad. Oh. Because we know her dad is somewhere, like undercover or doing something. Yes. And we also know that he has access to these computer systems Bingo. because yeah. he left a message for her on them. Nice. So I'm betting that he has been keeping an eye on this and he stopped it from roboticizing her. <sighs> cool. That is cool. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Because the show doesn't explain it at mm. all. No, it just seems like a, like... 
Sudden malfunction. Right, and an inexplicable one. And so something that throws Snively way off. And especially the second time. It's not just the system overheated, but the tube is going down around Sally and then it stops. Yeah. And Snively's like, it's jammed and I don't know why. And it's the second time after they had already pointedly fixed it the first time. Mm -hmm. And so our, like... It's either that there's something about her, like something about her body or spirit or whatever that's keeping it from okay. from closing. But I think more likely is that her dad has hacked into the system or even if he's not actively doing it right now, has found a way to put a backdoor right. in Robotnik systems where anytime Sally is in danger like that, the robots are going to be unable to right. defeat yeah. her. Which is one of those things that like he couldn't, I guess, make it just never work because then they would look into it more deeply to replace the whole system or something. Yeah. So, but if he can make a, a special uh, uh, condition to protect his family, then I guess he would do that. What if this is like a Rogue One scenario where her oh. dad worked for Robotnik <sighs> for a while, like helped build the Death Star? Well, he was the king, right? Mm-hmm. So, but we don't know what other his You're skills like, or responsibilities are. But what if the king and Robotnik worked together, Yeah. which is part of how Robotnik got so much power? They, like, worked together, yep. and Robotnik, like, weaseled his way into power by building things alongside the king. Mm-hmm. And then the king realized what was going on, but realized it was maybe too late to fully extricate himself from the relationship or something, yeah. and he's had to go into hiding. Which is just like Sonic Underground. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what was happening in that show. The aristocrats teaming up with the corporatists and the, like, fallout that comes from that, because you keep going, okay, well, well yeah, sure, well, okay, we can do that, sure, we can do that. Oh, wait, you're going to kill all of us and turn us into robots? Well, <laughs> Guess we laid our own g- g- egg. Guess we... T- <laughs> Sonic, he can really move. Sonic, he's got an attitude. Sonic, there was something that Snivelly said about giving the Sally robot human-level intelligence. Oh, that was so strange. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we saw Snivelly take a disc that he put into the back of the Sally robot. Mm-hmm. And as he did it, he said, like, we've finished a system... That will allow, that will approximate human level intelligence. Yeah. Referring to Sally. Yeah. As a human or what? Yeah. So the question here is, so possibly, there's a couple possibilities here. One is that human is a term used for everybody. Just for people. Yes. Right. It's a mistranslation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The second possibility here is that Snively does mean human level intelligence. Yeah. And is uh, either from the position of thinking humans are better and it's like i'm putting an an incredibly smart thing in this robot or it's just i think those are the two options those are the two (laughs) or all of these humanoid animals are technically human or or like formerly human or something or the evolutionary branch of humanity so it's not even just a a word thing that means people it's that they literally are maybe also human could be like we're we're still missing a lot of information about where the humans are Mm -hmm. and why snivelly is a human but weird shaped like less humanoid only has looking, a couple hairs yeah like unhealthy you know i don't know snively is the only human like in our sense that we've seen that doesn't have robotic parts yeah exactly so i don't know but we're keeping an eye on that yeah another thing that we still don't know about is chuck is in the opening sequence Uncle Chuck's in the opening sequence, but we haven't seen him in the show at all. And this isn't super surprising because, again, they've made it clear that they're going to focus on whatever characters are most narratively necessary moment to moment. So it could be that Uncle Chuck is just kind of hanging out in the camp somewhere. Yes. But has been busy building and tinkering. (gasps) The power rings. I keep forgetting. Oh, the power ring. So much happened in this episode. There's so many weird details. So there's like a stream Uh that runs near Knothole, their their, their base camp. Yes. And in... So they... 
Sonic wants to go save Sally right away. Yeah. But he can't because... He doesn't have a power ring. He doesn't have a power ring. And they keep telling him, no, you have to wait for a power ring. You have to wait for a power ring. And then suddenly, Tails goes, a power ring's coming. And a power ring just bubbles up from under the stream, the river. Yeah. Sonic grabs it, puts it in his backpack, and leaves. What is that? One of the weirdest pieces of world building I've seen. Yeah. And it, it was so... It was like so weird, but then a bunch of stuff happens all of a sudden. It was almost easy to forget. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what is that? Like, in the other context we have for the creation of the power rings is the book that we've been reading where Chuck has created the power rings and makes them for Sonic specifically. So let's assume that's still happening. Okay. What if they haven't met Chuck yet? And Chuck is further upstream, yeah. hiding out somewhere, building these rings and dropping them into the river for Sonic and friends to find. What? And they, instead of trying to figure out where it's come from, have just accepted, like, okay, this is a gift from nature. Yeah, this is just something that that happens periodically. These things are washing up from somewhere. Uh, we don't know what... why they work specifically for Sonic only. And in this particular episode, he also had one in his backpack. Yeah. Rather than having Sally give it to him, like she did in the first episode. So like, we know he can handle one. it. Yeah. He can have it in his person, like, in his proximity, but it, when he holds it, that's when... He gets the power, and in this episode, it just made him, like, super fast for a second. Mm-hmm. That was super weird. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to go with, I bet, Chuck is making that. Okay. And is dribbling it to them Okay, as his way of helping with the resistance, and eventually they'll run into him out of some kind of necessity. But Chuck really, again, this is Sonic, who went to the future and came back. Yes. And now, he's manipulating the events to try to get something to happen right. to try so to get Eggman to be defeated they don't even know that he's there mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with more of a Lord of the Rings sort of all these rings were lost in the stream mm. in the former con- like in an earlier conflict yeah kind of situation but we'll see who's right what if or what if uh, what if Robotnik's the one even making the rings what if it's <gasps> all he's got a factory upstream that's building them yeah and dripping them into the factory or they're but but they, but maybe Robotnik uses the power rings for something else. Maybe mm. they are a sort of power cell, but some of them are leaking out of a pipe, you know, and then floating downstream, and Sonic is able to use them because he may also secretly be a robot. Boom, 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 boom. It's all coming together. Okay, you know, a lot of different ways to deconstruct this story and make it a pile of garbage, but <laughs> we're, we're on top of as many as we can right now. How do you feel about Sonic? Set AM. What's your feeling? Oh, I like this? it so far. Yeah. I keep getting caught up in the story more so than maybe any of them so yeah. far. There were several consecutive minutes where I thought, oh, I had to like remind myself, like, nothing funny is happening. This is just like an interesting kind of action story. Yeah. We took a lot of pictures today because so many frames are funny. And After like- I remembered that it was supposed to be funny, but there were, we probably made it through five plus minutes of the show where I was just in it. Like, I was just watching yeah. the story and then went, oh, wait, we're, we're supposed to be having fun. Like, <laughs> like this must be silly. Not not actually good, but it is kind of good. <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm, like, interested to learn more about everybody's powers. Like, yeah. Sally, again, is talking to her robot, Nicole, and, like, makes her little hologram screen pop up. Yes. And she's, like, fiddling with it while they're in the robot tower. Yeah. But then as soon as they're about to get captured, she, like, wipes it off of reality. Mm-hmm. She just, like, knocks it away and then moves. It's really interesting and good. Very and I'm, cool. I'm not surprised, but I'm just like caught up in the story and pleasantly enjoying it. Yeah. Like, it's good. I'm excited to get deeper. I do have a theory that arose during this episode. Okay. And that is that... Inspector Gadget is a people too. This show, I think, 
that Inspector Gadget might be a prequel story to the Sonic the Hedgehog universe. I think it might be a bridge between our human world and the future Sonic world. And it's been a minute since I watched Inspector Gadget, but do you recall the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a so, cartoon about a detective who has a lot of robot parts inside of him. He is a robot. He is like, mostly 100%. a robot. Well, he's mostly a robot. You're thinking of the Matthew Broderick version where he's definitely a robot because Matthew Bro- Matthew Broderick is a robotic actor. But the um <laughs> No, he's in the like original mostly co- a robot. Okay, but he I He was okay. a person, but his whole body was replaced yeah, with has a robot. He, okay, I can't remember whether he was a human or not at any point. In his, any, his head opens up and stuff comes out of it. Okay, but he has a human face. I guess technically it's his hat. You don't ever see his head. Yeah, yeah, but he's full of robots. Mm -hmm. But in the show, like the very first depiction of Eggman Mm -hmm. in Sat AM is exactly a Dr. Claw shot. Yeah. It's the reverse chair. It's his hand on the right side. I mean, this is perfectly telegraphed. Like, there's no confusion here. Is Dr. Claw also a parody Dr. Claw, yeah, is also supposed to be a kind of James Bond parody villain. So they're okay. pulling, maybe they're pulling from the same source, but I think that in this case, it's so, so obvious. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that the ability to roboticize people is in this timeline. This is what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. We've got this. But Dr. Claw in the show, in Inspector Gadget, is never, never shown. He is like just a robotic hand, actually, with a cat, right? But mm-hmm. he, but And his voice. But his voice... Uh, the reason I thought of this is because Aaron walked through through the room and said, is Robotnik's voice Dr. Claw? And it was like, <gasps> it's very similar. It's very similar. And so it may be that the earliest incarnation of Eggman is just a hand. Is Dr. Claw. It's just a claw. It's just a robot claw with a voice and a chair and a cat. And then he gradually, somewhere in the next few hundred years assembles his entire body as robotic technology increases and that inspector gadget might again be either you know someone trying to use robots for good but it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. or we don't know or it's like you know this is just this timeline is a bad ending of inspector gadget exactly maybe in the the alternate timeline inspector gadget wins and uh Mm -hmm. you know becomes a good movie Mm -hmm. and then the hero the hero of time succeeds and (laughs) (laughs) leads to sonic Sad I am, the hero of time fails and it leads to Sonic Underground. Yeah, something like that. So it's a complex timeline, but I think there might be a place for sort of like Inspector Gadget as part of the overall, like the cartoon continuity Mm -hmm. of time as predicted by 90s cartoons. The continuity. The cartinuity. There's a lot of things predicted in Saturday morning cartoons in the 1990s has come completely true. And I think we need to keep an eye on that. Do you want to do some speed reading? Let's do some speed reading. Well, welcome back to speed reading, everyone. We're almost to the end of Sonic the Hedgehog, the novel from 1993. We are at uh, chapter eight. At the end of chapter seven, Robotnik had roboticized basically everybody except for Sonic and Sally. And they saw Uncle Chuck and Mutsky. Sonic cried out, Uncle Chuck, and leapt over the fence. And Sally cried out, Sonic, wait. And they've already been roboticized, right? Sonic and Sally have not, but everybody else has. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Chuck or and Mutsky, they've all got... They've at least been hip- hypnotized. Spin eyes, like hypno eyes. But unfortunately, Uncle Chuck and Mutsky have been roboticized. And we're about to find out what happens when Sonic 
breaks into the building. Here we go. Chapter 8. Sonic ran to Uncle Chuck and Mutsky. Uncle Chuck, it's me, Sonic. Speak to me. We live to serve Robotnik, said Uncle Chuck. It's really true, cried Sonic. He's turned you into a robot. Sonic turned to Mutsky. How about you, Mutsky? Do you remember me, boy? Robarknik, growled Mutsky. Robarknik. Robarknik, how dare thee. <laughs> oh, Mutsky, said Sonic sadly. You can usually say his whole name normal. <laughs> Mutsky, it's Robotnik. What are you doing, boy? (laughs) He's really got you all turned upside down. I appreciate your pun, but it needs to be meaner. (laughs) It's not swat barks. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Oh, Mutsky, said Sonic sadly. He's changed even you. Well, well, said Robotnik. Look what we have here. Another hedgehog to add to my collection. Swatbots, grab him. Five Swatbots appeared. They grabbed Sonic. Put him down, yelled Sally as she scrambled over the fence. This is getting better all the time, said Robotnik. Now we have the princess. so much better all the time. <laughs> now we have the princess as well. Caesar! A SWATBOT lifted Sally off the ground. SWATBOTS, take them to the machine at once, he ordered. Don't worry. <laughs> In a few minutes, you two will be happy to be my slaves. And soon, I will do the same thing to every living being left on Mobius. Nothing but my robots will exist on this planet, and I, Robotnik, will be the supreme ruler of all! That was Oscar-worthy, Nick. Thank you so much. I'm gonna get you one of those Oscars, those Tonys. Get me an Oscar. Mm Mm-hmm. While you're at it. You got for that performance. (laughs) EGOT! He really got me. (laughs) I'm the worst. No, shouted Sally as she struggled to free herself. Sonic, help. Don't let him turn us into machines. No way, Sally, said Sonic. It's time for some super sensational Sonic SWATBOT smashing. Sonic pulled his magical power ring out of his pocket. Question mark. (laughs) Um, Question mark. Incredibly big question mark. Like to just tuck a question mark right there. (laughs) Tuck that question mark right in that pocket. Ring out of his pocket. Where he had placed it earlier. The ring filled him with supersonic power and speed. He whipped into a supersonic spin. TM, TM, TM. Breaking free of the SWATBOT's grasps. Then he smashed into one SWATBOT after another like a swirling blue tornado. The SWAT bot that held Sally put her down. It turned towards Sonic. He smashed the robot to pieces. One by one, Sonic destroyed the SWAT bots with his supersonic spin. Then he ran to Uncle Chuck and Mutsky. Uncle Chuck! Mutsky! said Sonic. <coughs> Come on, boy, let's go! <coughs> but Uncle Chuck and Mutsky didn't move. They stared straight ahead. <coughs> Sally! called Sonic. You carry Mutsky. I'll pick up Uncle Chuck. We got to get them out of here! Sonic placed Uncle Chuck gently across his shoulders. Sally held Mutsky in her arms. Do you think he, if if a Sonic was to carry an Uncle Chuck, yeah, would he carry him like this, potato sack style, or like <laughs> this, like around your neck like a boa? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Please consult our diagram and vote. <laughs> Does a Sonic carry a Chuck like this? Was well, this gently across like his this. shoulders? Yeah, is it like? It's got to like, be the fireman carry. It's got to be the the drape belly down, legs and arms on either side. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. Especially when somebody's been roboticized. I like to call that the burlesque carry because it looks like a boa. Boo. Like a feather boa. Boo. <laughs> okay, yeah. The mink 
the mink stole. I, I mink stole Uncle Chuck. I mink stole you away. For, I stole. Wow. Okay. Sure. Sonic and Sally climbed over the fence, carrying their rescued prisoners. They ran from the factory. Far behind them, they could hear Robotnik screaming in anger. I'm sorry we didn't find your father, Sally, said Sonic. Me too, said Sally, sadly. But our fight with Robotnik is not over. In fact, it's just begun. What do you mean? asked Sonic. I'd like to share a secret with you, said Sally. I want you to meet some friends of mine. Let's head for the Great Forest. The Great Forest? said Sonic. (laughs) But there's no one living there. Nothing but that Deku tree. (laughs) Yes, there is, Sonic said Sally, smiling. I'll explain along the way. All right. End of chapter eight. This one could be a direct prequel to Sonic Sat AM. Yeah, it actually could be. It seems like it's leading right there. Yeah. Um, Wow, that chapter was really good. That was a good tight chapter. Almost nothing funny to say about it. Just like, okay, great. Solid exposition and story time. I finally won an EGOT. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're almost through with our novel. And uh, I guess in other accomplishments this week, we should mention that we had an article published in Paste Magazine, everybody. Oh, yeah. Your your boys are officially freelance games writers. Your boys are back in the magazine. <laughs> so, yeah, we wrote an article about Sonic Forces. Sonic Forces and what's super exciting about it, but also what's a little worrisome. And they published it for real. They're a for real publication, so you should check that out on Paste Magazine pastemagazine.com in the game section. Hey, maybe I'll even put a link in the show notes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> One piece of information is that Everyday's Great is going to switch to a bi-weekly schedule. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that on that podcast, but we'll let you guys know too. Right. We had a planning meeting where we talked about the next few months of our podcast uh, empire. Uh-huh. And uh, mostly nothing's going to change that much, but we are shifting the schedule on that. And we're also planning some guests, which we're excited about. Yeah. Switching the schedule for Everyday's Great is mostly because it takes a lot of time to play that game. Yeah. And uh, to keep us from totally burning out while we work on it, because we want to make sure that both of our podcasts get our full attention and yeah. love, we're just making that one a little bit less frequent. Was it ambitious to say we would play one week of Persona every week? No, not really. It's just a video game. But it turns out that it actually was ambitious yeah. for us, given everything else we have going on. Turns out it takes a whole lot of time. Did y'all know we both all, like, have jobs and stuff, too? Like, this isn't all we do. We'd like it to be, but it isn't right now. <laughs> um, and other than that, um, everything's been going great. We've had some really nice feedback from people lately. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you listening. And uh, stuff like... I don't know, getting to be in Pace Magazine comes directly from the podcast and from all y'all supporting us. Yeah, it's And awesome. making it fun for us to do this so that we can, we have something to kind of show and go like, hey, we know about Sonic the Hedgehog accidentally. <laughs> Would you like us to write for you about it? <laughs> Caleb's getting real hungry and tired, so we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks to <laughs> our music people, Bulby. Yeah. Bulby, right Dave Duncan, Goodnight Productions. And everybody. Amazing people. Thanks to everybody who made a cartoon about Sonic the Hedgehog. It's been really fun for us to (laughs) watch and talk about them. I wonder if they in the 90s knew that they would be giving us such a gift. Uh, They seem to know a lot about the future in the 90s, so I'm going to guess we're part of the picture, too. (laughs) We haven't gotten to the episode yet where they talk about someone watching the footage of their escapades and talking about it to uh, just a few people on the internet, but that's... (laughs) It's in there, I'm sure. They definitely will. See you guys next week. I'm Caleb. Oh, I'm Nick. And And you're to show
Oh, that reminds me. The other day, I was thinking. Um, I, I remembered the old song. I want a hypnotherapist for Christmas. Only a hypnotherapist will tell me what to do. <laughs> remember that song? Oh yeah, I it's love something. I thought one of those classic Christmas just jingles. I, I just I remember. You know, it gets to be summertime, and I'm thinking Christmas in July. I'm getting mm. a little. You know, I get a little nostalgic. I think my favorite version of that was when they did it on the Alvin and the Chipmunks. You know? Yeah, I when love they it. Did Mm-hmm. that exact song it's funny i don't remember what happens in the rest of the song i just love the i just love the chipmunk voices you know singing the like classic parts I want uh, to therapist for mm-hmm. <laughs> those parts that are like nah, now close your eyes and sleep <laughs> and when you awaken you will do my bidding <laughs> we are activating <laughs> i'm so sorry 